0: Founded Universe, Season 22, Episode 2, You Killed My Father, Prepare to Fly, the book Race Squadron by Aaron Alston, the year 1998 by Aaron Alston, Aaron Alston was your author and also it was written by Aaron Alston, chapters 3 and 4, with your hosts Aaron Alston, let's go! (laughs) Hey everybody, welcome back to Expounded Universe. I'm Aaron Alston, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Alston. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing Alston. <laughs> I'm doing Alston. <laughs> Every oh. stunt you got. And I'm not feeling too good myself. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, anyway, how are you for reals, though? <laughs> I'm okay doing all right. Yeah? It's an okay day. Cold we, day. We're in the middle of that flipped weather condition thing, where where it's hot on the east coast and cold on the west coast right now. Oh yeah, yeah. My daughter. We're was, the McDlt of a nation. Yeah. <laughs> my daughter was begging me to go to the park today, so I took her, and it was like forty nine degrees with heavy wind. I she, was the sitting, moment we got there. She's like, "No." I was sitting in the garage here before we record, and I'm like, oh, "I'll just." Mess with some of my uh, magic cards and sleeve some things up, and all of a sudden it begins to hail against the door for about twenty minutes, and then stops and fine, and then nothing. Yeah, if you don't know San Diego, then you you don't know that you, you don't know that that happens once every ten years or so. Yeah, we we're having a real funky time right it's, now. It's a weird time to be around. Yeah. Uh. So. So yeah, good. Glad to hear it. Yeah, it's it's wild weather. Um. I, wow! Wow! Weather. <laughs> I, ended up, wow. I tried to take. Wiki, wiki, the park. Wow! Wow! bees <laughs> uh. <laughs> so tried to take sage to the park ended up dragging her to a store uh. where she wanted to buy one of those blind kids love those things now those what things. do they want to buy a blind man so those, those like things are like a ball which like a toy doll in it but you don't get to know what it is it's yeah all, the blind pack it's all fucking random now so she, i talked to her into the cheapest one i could find which was some disney thing and it turned out that it wasn't a single thing in there It was like five even smaller things yeah yeah so now I'm like plagued with these tiny toys that I don't even want her to have cuz she'll just accidentally eat them or something. They're they're so small. They're ridiculous. Yeah, there's I mean at least when it's like the uh you get like a little mini figure that's basically like the tiny Funko Pop of whatever. I'm like, "All right, I almost understand why you would get that." Yeah. Sure. But when it's like, "Hey, open up this pack and you get like Four tiny paper things that cost us two cents. I'm like, no, I'm not paying for that. One of these is straight up insulting. It's like Minnie Mouse's playhouse or or car house or something. But it's just a tiny version of the box the toy would have come in with nothing inside the tiny box. Ah. So I guess what we bought here was like Disney brands, but pretend and very little. And if it's a playhouse or something, you just get a tiny box. Wow. I guess someone somewhere wanted to collect this, but I'm going to throw it away. Yep, or use it to start a fire or something. You couldn't use that to start a fire. It's teeny tiny. But I also got a—I oh, could start a teeny tiny fire, a little teeny tiny. I also got a super tiny spider buggy, like from oh, Spider Man. Yeah, a little Spider Man spider and buggy. a little Spider Man to go with the spider buggy. I mean, Sage got these things. They're not mine. I mean, not that Sage is ever going to know that you stole them because you did. She didn't. She lost interest in them the moment she opened them. She's like, "These are small. I don't like this." Yeah. And I had to give her a fruit leather to kinda <laughs> get over the, the, de- the, 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 the bad times. This is small. Give me fruit by the foot. That's long. <laughs> fruit by the foot. Big, big, big. <laughs> big, big. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, yeah, that, that's what's up with me. It was a weird day. A weird day a had weird, by all. wild day. Indeed. And uh, now it's time to talk about some Star Wars, if you want. Yeah. Or we might we might want to start by, once again, just for the Star Wars listeners, announcing that we're going to be on the road Pretty quick here. Sure. With like within a couple of days of this episode going out basically and basically a week from now. Yes. When you hear this. Yeah, we'll be in Seattle at the Emerald City Comic Con doing a panel where we will throw uh hot, fresh signed books at you if you can answer our <laughs> trivia questions. We're gonna hit several. you with hot pierogies. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's <laughs> We don't we told them it was not going to be a very popular panel uh but they the our, our publishers made us do it anyway we're going to throw steaming hot pierogies <laughs> at everybody in the audience that's right individually we're going to No have one's sh- allowed to use their hands. Yep, we're, we're, you're going to line up to get them and uh you know everyone in 10 will you'll get shot with the pierogi cannon instead. <laughs> it's a modified t-shirt cannon that shoots steaming hot pierogies. That's right. Uh-huh. Yes and and, and what's inside the pierogies you're wondering? A book. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We, uh, we we took potato and wrapped it around so many books. I hope that's what pierogies are. Oh, potato on the inside, usually. Oh, is it potato on the inside? Oh, is it pasta with potato or something? Yeah, okay. I had them mixed up with Yeah, it's like thing. a potato dumpling, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they're delicious. Yeah. They're they're crazy good, and I can't have any part of any of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can have no part of this. I think I just found a tiny princess jasmine in my pocket as well. Good. I good think. job. This one's really bad. This is awful. Uh... So uh, So, yeah. So last time we left off the story uh Wedge ha- is trying to form a new squadron that instead of being X-wing pilots with a little bit of commando training they should be commandos with a little bit of X-wing training. Yeah, and they're making they're paying very little lip service to that fact, aren't they? It's only like during the interview portion of the discussion where they're like Andy says here you were some sort of uh, badass. Yes, great. Good. Go get an X wing. <laughs> great. Our X wing training starts tomorrow. The first thing we will want you to do is, of course, pilot X wings. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Well, I guess. So we start discussing the many indignities voice of uh, uh, forced upon General or not really whatever his rank is. Captain Wedge Antilles. I don't know what he is. He's a he's a wedge. He's some kind of wedge. Yep. Some kind of wedge of delicious brie. And uh, but he didn't get a good office at of the Folor base because there aren't any. Folor is dangerously understaffed and underfunded. And uh, the the person in charge of the place doesn't like him anyway. So he gets a storeroom with basically college student furniture in it. Oh, yeah. He's, his desk is just like, oh, it's a bulkhead sitting on top of two uh, little uh, drawers. Mm-hmm. And his seat is just an ejection seat from an X-Wing. Yeah, mounted on a big spring. There's a spool in the room that has his boom box on it. The room came with a Scarface poster. Yeah, a bunch of little, like, concrete blocks that make up the <laughs> entertainment system. Yeah, if Wedge had been a girl, he would have had that one picture from, uh, what's the, what's the movie I'm thinking of? I have no Mickey idea. Mickey Rooney plays an extremely racist Chinese character. Oh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Thank you. Yes, that's the one. That's the starter. <laughs> that's all I needed to know. Yeah, that's the starter posters. <laughs> you, you those are one, the two. You get one of those, too, when you move into a dorm room. <laughs> I suppose we need new ones for uh for people of of uh other genders. I guess that's a, that's a whole new market for poster manufacturers to get into. Yeah. Mhm. I I guess your bisexuals could just have a poster of a chair, like a perfectly normal chair. Never. <laughs> that aspirational like one day one, one day, day I'll, I'll sit on that like I'll a regular that person chair. that's the only one i'm willing to do as a joke because because i'm i'm within that group so you can't yell at me <laughs> don't yell at me <laughs> can't yell at me hey now <laughs> i guess you could have a poly one that just says no i'm always busy <laughs> and you just put that on the outside of your door so they know that no one should just ask you if you'd like to hang out yeah you're like no i'm always busy i literally have a date every night this week also i'm super pissed off all the time that's a weird thing. I don't think anyone that you know in a poly relationship is happy then. I know. No one I know well, no one I know has ever been happy as far as I can tell. As far as I'm aware, <laughs> yeah. everyone I know is either sad or angry. Most people are mad at me. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, everyone hates me. Yes. <laughs> and they're plotting against me in the dark. <laughs> Filtered through the lens of my perception. Most people, on average, hate me. Secretly. Or Except for the people that very vocally hate me. (laughs) That's why I got into public broadcasting. (laughs) That's why I want as many people to look at me as possible, so that I know that they hate me. (laughs) I don't need it, but it helps. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, his dorm room sucks. Or, sorry, his office sucks. Yeah, it's just a real crap little place, and uh, him and Wes Jansen are about to go through the process of having initial interviews because they, you know, last time it said, all right, we've got all of these people and we're getting all the ones who are either on the verge of washing out or like are in trouble for some reason or whatever's going on with them. I want sort of the last chancers, but ones that would also be good on ground missions. Yes. And luckily the Republic is huge now. So there's a lot of those. You'd think that that'd be a pretty small list of people like The best of the best of the best, but they're loose cannons that are on the edge. I mean, he's not asking for the best of the best. He's like, I just want... Oh, he wants commando trained X-Wing pilots. No, he's like, I'll train you to do whatever. I don't give a shit. (laughs) I would like it if you had some sort of capability on the ground. Yeah. Well, that, that part's mandatory. He needs people who have some level of commando training and at least have flown something in the past. Yeah. Do you have the ability to get behind the wheel of something? Yes. And we can tell that because we have at least one tryout pilot here, a a tall's pilot. Uh, you'd remember that as the big furry white moth people with no wings, and there's one of them in the, in the Mos Eisley Cantina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has a problem where piloting an X-Wing activates deep-seated anxieties based on his species because they're very, very passive. Yeah, it's... You know, he is willing to fight for what he believes in as far as, oh, I want to help, you know, beforehand defeat the Empire and now protect protect the Republic. But I also am, to the core of me, a pacifist. And every time I kill someone in an X-Wing, it breaks me a little. Yeah, yeah, this is a neat one to see because the whole... uh the whole thing where Tal's are deeply, deep-seated pacifists has, has been kind of stricken from the record, Yeah, Star Wars-wise. Like, if you watch the cartoon shows like Clone Wars and, and Bad Batch and stuff, those are fucking spear-wielding badasses. You do not want to go, come up against a Tal's. No, there are very few things in Star Wars that they're like, oh, these people don't fight at all, <laughs> ever. Yeah, I think they pretty much stick it to uh, Ithorians, and even then there's some Jedi. Yeah. So, so Yeah. Uh, but he gets washed out. They tell him, like, look, we we love you. You're a cool dude, but go back to piloting freighters. You're not. Yeah, we're not going to, like, kick you out of the Republic, but we are going to request you go to, like, civilian transportation. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. Although, uh, when they do that, all I can think is, like, you know, I know Wedge needs to be a hard ass in doing this, but why was that towel's about to wash out? Probably that well, part of the story. I mean, they had said, because he is biometrically getting absolutely fucked up, so they were like... Oh, you can't be in here. Like, yeah. your blood pressure is through the roof. Which means they, were, they weren't really going to wash him out of the military. They were just going to give him a pencil-pushing job. Oh, he was... I mean, honestly, it would probably just be like, Oh, you get, like, 4 f out. You're done. Yeah. Like, you could do, or you could put him in an office. But why would nice you? Hu- uh, ni- because why if waste all- the perfectly good towels? <laughs> <laughs> we have towels at home. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get him addicted to jury juice and on a life of crime. Huh? Hanging out with a little bat person. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, basically Jansen wants to do some sass on his new boss. And so he uh, starts out by saying like, hey, yeah, we've got, uh, you know, this is the last of seven days of recruiting pilots that they've been going through. Yeah, we don't get to see the initial ones. We just get the end of the okay who's the last group to show up but the joke has been that a lot of these pilots have been kind of wacky yeah and so uh west jansen is serving up some hot sass in the form of yeah our next candidate is an ewok <laughs> yeah don't worry about it yeah, uh he's a perfectly good pilot he's turned yub nub into a total battle cry which i'm like come on dude that already was you don't need to say you don't need to uh to uh, butter that up that that shit already means death for stormtroopers <laughs> Before they even knew stormtroopers existed. Yeah. That's what it meant. <laughs> just means death to anyone. Uh, but he's like, yeah, uh, I, it's, a, it's a fucking Ewok. You're going to have to deal with it. And he's, he's like, like, no. How, how can he even fly the thing? They're tiny. He's <laughs> like, oh, he's got prosthetics that some sympathetic doctor made him he's droid prosthetics so he can reach the pedals and the steering wheel and i'm like okay well number one that makes perfect sense i know in our various expanded expanded universe episodes we've already discussed a species that use all use prosthetics all the time so that they can deal with other species yeah well i don't remember what it was but i know we already went through one i mean there are a few different star wars species i mean like the big head Kalumi guys who are like, oh, we yeah. all basically have Modoc chairs that we ride around on. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of the, that one. The one I'm thinking of had super short legs, and so they needed they needed leg longeners. Yeah, yeah. The, no, there are several ones that are like, oh, we just get through you know everyday life with the power of modern technology. Exactly. It's fine. Like for example, if you're a croak, then you probably need a whole like wizard costume. Probably, yeah. To just you know interact with other people and tell them you hate them. <laughs> Man, I don't need any of that to tell people I hate them. Hey Jeff, I hate you. I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that bears out my suspicions. Huh? What do you know? <laughs> so so. <laughs> anyway, it's not an Ewok. It's it's a human. Yeah, it's boring human. Uh, her name was something Sand Skimmer, and she's I, I assume, oh yeah. Her whole deal is she's like, God damn it, I come from Tatooine, and so everyone's like, Oh, do you know Luke Skywalker? Oh, fuck Luke Skywalker. Yeah, plus her name is just like Jen Sand Skimmer or something, which means everyone's already asking her if that's like a fucking naming convention on Tatooine. Like, oh, are you all that? <laughs> has everyone got that kind of dumbass uh, aspirational? I'm going to do rad shit in a vehicle type name. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's weird that you want to be a pilot. Shouldn't by your name you be like in the swoop gang or something? <laughs> well, I do want to skim sand, but that's only because I sell sand and I'd like to sell it at an improper rate. <laughs> I sell low-fat sand, skim sand, if you will. Yeah, my uncle, uh, Joey Truck Driver, he delivers it. (laughs) I know it sounds like he's in the mafia, but really he's just from Tatooine. Yo, Joey Truck Nuts, what up? (laughs) That's not aspirational. (laughs) Oh, it's pretty aspirational. (laughs) My nuts is trucks. (laughs) I know you were thinking it was the other way around where I have tiny nuts on my truck, but no, each one of my nuts is an individual (laughs) truck. They're on deliveries. <laughs> I'm not going to go further. <laughs> no more. <laughs> but yeah, she was going to get washed out. Cause she is constantly having to be like, God damn it. I hate Luke Skywalker. And so everyone of course is like, that's a hero of the Republic pray maybe don't say that and she's like no fuck you I don't care fuck Luke Skywalker and, and Wedge is like oh Luke's one of my close personal friends but I have to be extremely <laughs> but impartial. I also don't care if yeah. you don't like him <laughs> who gives a shit <laughs> I don't need you to like my friend we're fairly early into the star uh, the Star Wars storyline here I think because Warlord Zinj is still kicking around which means this is around the era of courtship at least which means luke hasn't done a lot of his more serious fuck-ups at this point you got to assume later in the story he'd be like yeah no a lot of us don't really nah, like- no no it, it's fine we we get it. You mean the, the the dude who just said, no, you can't punish Kip Duran because I said no? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He, he took took the galaxy's worst murderer and went, nah, I get to keep him as a pet. And I'm going to make him an X-Wing pilot. I'll try to make him more famous than any other X-Wing pilot, especially Wedge Antilles. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she's she's one of the ones that gets to go through because... Mostly, she, he's like, oh, well, she's fine. She just, you know, has a chip on her shoulder about the Tatooine thing. Yeah, and she has commando ground experience. Um, they also interview a kleptomaniac who steals, wedges family photo. I want to say that one put an itch in my, the back of my, they don't say his name or anything. It's just a, a dude who's about to get washed out for kleptomania and he steals a picture off Wedge's desk, but they say he's from the planet Eddie four. Yep. And that put a bug in my ear. I was like, where the fuck, why do I know Eddie four? I, I eventually it came to me. Uh, do you remember that's where it? the Ettins are? <laughs> no, it's not. Damn it. Do you remember in the Han Solo book we read when he went to that one planet and bought like a shitty weird pet so we could mess with a crime Lord. <laughs> remember when he bought a weird animal to it make it like a bite din- a guy yeah it was called like a dinkle or something and he bought it from some pet store all that shit all that that nightclub and that that gang leader and that pet that was eddie Four. Oh, that's, right. that's a reference to it, it took me forever okay <laughs> i would never have gotten that <laughs> i gotta assume this dude just had a big list of planet names I, I if you're writing a star wars novel there could probably be nothing more useful than a big list of planet names oh for sure yeah uh they, of course, see Mendonos, the one survivor from Talon Squadron. He's gone full lockdown emotional robot mode. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're like, oh, we're going to talk to this guy and see if he should be part of this. And he is so deep in his PTSD. <laughs> like, the fact that they're like, well, I don't know. We'll put him through provisionally. Maybe he'll start acting like himself. I'm like... No, dude, get that guy to therapy. Yeah, just he it. is fucked right now. See if that Ewoks available. Maybe he's real. You don't want this guy does not <laughs> <He's> deserve real. <laughs> you know, maybe if they don't have the prosthetics, just stack him on a Jawa. It'll be fine. <laughs> Everyone will love it. Yeah, but no, Dono shows up and is just like as terse and emotionless as possible. Yes. Just like, yes, I would like to do my job. Yes, I am here to do flying i will be on your team okay goodbye yeah heard uh, we heard bad things about sorry about what happened to you. you can't be blaming yourself and he just stares forward and they're like all right you you can you can go I, all right <laughs> is that is that it yes sir yeah so the two of them have a brief conversation they're like well damn i've met min donos before this and he was your standard Well, oh, you yeah know, wes is the one that trained yeah. donos and he's like he wouldn't even look at me yeah so he is beyond the pale, and you, you got to assume that they're setting up a storyline for later with him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I'm like, there's no way. 100%. If the person who trained you was like, oh, this guy has clearly been fucked up by what happened to him because no shit would you have just the worst survivor's guilt about this yeah he doesn't need to be on our fun little commando squad he needs to be in therapy (laughs) exactly what are you doing star wars people will go into an underground command x-wing squad rather than go to therapy i keep being like wedge dude i know you're like oh all these people are gonna wash out if i don't help them no the republic's got a lot of fucking desks I mean, that's the thing is you wouldn't wash Mindonos out. You would just go, oh, we need to give him psych evals and make sure he's OK before we put him back in the field. Yeah, he was a special case. He wasn't part of Wes or Hobie or whoever's job to go find all these washouts. He was like, get me Windonos as well, because that dude survived something crazy. So, so yeah, I also love that he's like, yo, go get me that guy. And also the first thing we're going to run is the thing where he lost everyone. Let's see how that works for our PTSD man, where we'll put him in the virtual, virtual reality simulator of his greatest failure in life. (laughs) You don't know. He was, he had a pretty rough seventh grade. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, he accidentally got pantsed in front of his crush in seventh grade. So, between that and seeing everyone he's trained with die in front of him while he lived, it's really a toss up. Well, did I mention he was about to ask her to the big school dance? <laughs> uh, well, we'll never know. You want to go to Corelli and Sadie Hawkins? <laughs> my pants! Oh, own. my pee pee's out! <laughs> My huge Karelian donger that we all have, <laughs> but it's so cold. <laughs> the cold winds of Talus blew upon my tap, my phallus that day. <laughs> By the way, he grew up on Talus. Yeah, uh, and now we get to the best one: Vortsa Sebring or whatever his name is. B- Binring, Vortsa Binring. Uh, yeah, Vortsa Binring, I think. Yeah, Vortsa and Sa Binring just means from Binring. Uh, Vort Sabinring is a Gamorrean. This is another one where Wes is like, uh, the next pilot's a Gamorrean. And he's like, yeah, you're not going to get me twice with that joke. Look, we already did that. Come on, man. Don't, don't, don't do that more than once a day. Plus it makes me look super racist when I immediately start laughing just because you said a species name. (laughs) So you got to stop it. Plus he's like, look, we all know just like the towels was washing out. You can't have a Gamorrean pilot because, they just chemically have hormonal imbalances that make it so that they can't do this. Yeah, well, especially the males, because females are the, are the are the intelligent part of the Gamorrean society. Males are basically drones. I mean, they're just hyper-violent and incapable of focusing on anything that would require that degree of precision. Just chemically, they can't do it. Yeah, and in walks this fucking wharf motherfucker, uh, Vort, who is... His story is that he's from... The Bin Ring experiments, which they I think happens on the planet Bin Ring or just by the Bin Ring Corporation, where uh an an unscrupulous imp- imperial leader decided to run a bunch of tests to see if he could make animals useful for the Empire in various ways. But part of the project involved seeing if they could make species that aren't super bright but are sentient super bright and dangerous. Well, yeah, because they were like, All right, let's see if we can fuck with animals and make them better. Yeah. All right, let's see if we can fuck with sentience and make them better and almost well like, I got it one worked out of, one out of 8 or something like that. Well they they had a group that it all worked on. Yes. He's just the only survivor survivor of it because the other gamorians all killed themselves rather than be hyper intelligent. Yes. Cuz he's like, "Oh, okay. Look, I I don't mind it, but I understand like imagine Someone took you and made you live amongst Gamorreans, and the only humans you ever met were just primitive monsters. Yeah. So you ha- can't be around anyone that is of your species anymore because you just can't relate to them. I guess- you are as alone as you can possibly be. Yeah, and I have to assume he doesn't go into this, but they, they even mentioned that he's a male Gamorrean, and that means he's he's especially less intelligent but they don't mention after he comes in and is like yes i am obviously an honorable person i am i am a klingon i am a wharf uh they don't be like so can you talk to the female gamorreans who are like way more intelligent than male ones they don't even get into it well even then way more intelligent than a male gamorian is not exactly the high bar yeah but this dude is is super intelligent very very strong and they're like so uh Okay, you're here. You're clearly intelligent. You're able to speak. He's not, technically. Gamorians can't make the same mouth sounds that humans can, so they can only talk in those squeals and grunts. So he's got a box under his chest. Thank God it's not a droid. Uh, He's got a box under his chest that translates for him. Well, yeah, that was, I assume, because it's surgically in there, I assume that was just part of the whole experiment that gave him super genius and all that yeah so he squeals and squeaks but then like a louder voice comes out with his mechanically sound mechanical sounding voice that talks for him and they're like you're about to wash out because it says here you were uh you assaulted your superior officer You're accused of striking your superior officer and he's like and they're like so have you gotten a lot of fights he's like i've been in several fights that have all been like challenges challenged fights in a ring or arena with another person because people like to challenge me But uh, no, I've never actually struck anyone on purpose without a line. And you can tell that I didn't hit my commanding officer because he made this report supposedly a half hour after I would have struck him. And every human that I have hit has not been awake half an hour later. Yeah. So I'll just go ahead and tell you, he tried to hit me. I blocked it. And he considered that assault. Yeah. And they're like, So, but, but you're like, so you're a huge badass. then he's like, yes. And I'm also somewhat better at visual acuity than humans. My response times are incredible. My math skills are off the charts. He's, he's a hyper genius. Yeah. The one thing that's going to kind of suck for this guy is that X-wing cockpits are little. Oh yeah. And he is a Gamorrean. He's a big old burly piggy dude. And he has to wear a full uniform. He doesn't just get to wear one of them mostly hula skirt loincloths. They stuck him in in return (laughs) of the Jedi. And speaking of piggy, that is what people call him. (laughs) yeah when they're like so should we just call you vort or sa sa or whatever and he's like uh some several have called me piggy and while i recognize it as an insult i can ignore the fact that it is an insult because it is not relevant to my circumstances and of course for wedge and west they're like no we flew with a dude who had the call sign of piggy and that shit ruled he ruled and we're gonna call you piggy because it's honoring him you're piggy too you're, da- you're also Piggy, but there's no nothing derogatory about it. Yeah. It's a badge of honor, and I want you to wear that, Piggy. Now get out there and snuffle up. <laughs> I detect you are attempting to name me after Jack Porkins. I would like the you call- for you to call me Vort. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Ew. <laughs> that guy sucked. <laughs> he died trying to microwave a burrito in his X-wing. <laughs> those sparks you see coming from his control panel was because he put metal in the microwave tinfoil on that burrito what a dumbass (laughs) yeah they they buried him with honors because uh, it would have embarrassed his family (laughs) oh they buried him with honors but they should have buried him with Taco Bell (laughs) which they also buried him with but it was Del Taco (laughs) (laughs) oof well Del Taco's all they have in Star Wars times (laughs) What is this, Demolition Man? Every restaurant is Del Taco. No, I mean between the two of them. I didn't just mean all restaurants are Del Taco. Most restaurants are Del Taco, and then there's also Menorai. <laughs> That's your option. Look, man, either you're getting a Burrito Del Grande or whatever the hell they have at Del Taco, Yeah. or you're getting the fleek eels. Yeah, so, Oil-fried fleek eel. Let me let me know what sounds better to you. I think I could probably name three or four more Star Wars restaurants, but we don't have time for that. Anyway, Piggy's perfect because they're like, yeah, this dude is a good X-Wing pilot and he's just a remorseless giant badass, so we can totally work oh, with yeah. him. Yeah, he'll be great on ground missions because he's a super awesome Gamorrean that won't get distracted. Normally, the only problem with having a gamorian soldier is that he'll just start fighting with your own people yeah but this guy is a super badass physically and mentally so awesome yeah just a step in the right direction and finally we got one more pilot to go through and that is originally his name is kel tainer that's right kel tainer who is also a big dude i mean not quite as big as piggy but still a very big man they say he's like two meters tall which is running up on six six so yeah he's he's a he's a huge fella built like a fucking brick shit house. He mm-hmm. is just wide and tall, and he's the kind of guy that the commander of the full base is gonna like because he's like very photogenic he's a big handsome fireman looking dude, oh yeah, he's just like, oh, he's got perfect black hair and piercing blue eyes and a square jaw and he is every single part of him is just like, oh, this is." what you want a picture perfect guy to be. And not only is he photogenic, but he's good with people. He walks in, he's all warm. He's like, he's he like, has yeah. the best commando training. He's like, Oh, he was a full ass fucking commander. Yeah. Commando before. Yeah. He was a, uh, he was a scout sniper. Well, oh, no, sorry. He was the demolitions expert. The scout sniper was, uh, Donos. yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, 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 uh, we've got a really, really solidly trained person. So he comes in, he's all warm. He meets Lu- or, sorry. He meets wedge and Wedge is like, yeah. Oh, l- by the way, let me introduce you to my second in command. And he turns to look at him and all the color goes out of his face. He's like, you're Wes Jansen. Yeah. He's like, let me introduce you to Lieutenant Jansen. And he's like, Oh fuck. Is this Wes Jansen? All right. Uh, permission to be excused. I don't want to be in this anymore. I'm out. Leave me alone. And, and uh, he look, turns to him, and he's like, "What, what are you, what's going on? Who are you? What are you talking about? He's like, I would rather not say. Yeah. Okay, well, that's great. Anyway, you're going to tell me. Yeah, he does say, yeah, fine. You're, you don't have to be in the unit, but you do have to tell me what your name is. And he's like, oh, well, my, it's just that my name wasn't originally Tainer. It was Duran. And uh, it turns out that Duran is a really... Imp- well, no, he's just like, hey, this dude killed my father. This Can guy, I yeah. leave? This guy killed my dad. Okay. Can I go? You're right. Sorry. Uh, he's like, Can, okay, Wes Jansen killed my dad. I'm leaving. And he goes out and waits in the hallway. And this is when Wedge and Wes have a little conversation. He's like, "Really?" And well, I mean, that's the next chapter. We do actually have zinge bit, yeah. Okay, because that is between technically these various interviews. No, you're right. There is a point where we stop to go uh, to meet up with our our our, uh, villain for the of the book, Admiral Triggit. Yep, Admiral Appar Triggit, who is I've had a nice fresh Aplar Triggit before. Mm, (laughs) Mmm, delicious, baby. When I'm looking for a low fat nice meal at a restaurant, Mm -hmm. I'll get the Apoir (laughs) Triggit. It's hard to find in American grocery stores, <laughs> but if you go to your local butcher counter. Huh? Ask if you've got any Triggit in the back and mm-hmm. make sure it's Apoir. <laughs> yeah, Apoir Triggit is uh, on the deck of his own Star Destroyer. And, you know, not a super Star Destroyer because he's not as cool as Zinge is. He works for Zinge in basically like a mercenary capacity. Yes. He isn't like, oh, I'm a hyper loyalist and I'm one of Zinge's cronies. He's like. No, I just have a fucking Star Destroyer, but Zinj is powerful enough to supply us with food and gas and supplies and all that shit, so we work for it. There's a reason that we go, but when Zinj is uh, referred to as Warlord Zinj, is that unlike most of the rest of the ex-Imperial villains we've come across in the past, like your Hethreers or uh, Isard or, or Dalla or whoever, he does not even pretend rank. He, I think he styles himself an admir- a great admiral. Oh, he admiral. does. But, it says in here, he's like, oh, he's in the full white outfit that you would get for being a Grand Admiral, yeah. even though he never made that rank. But he doesn't pretend to be the Empire. He's a warlord, and he knows he's a warlord. He's paying the Star Destroyers to stay with him, yeah, uh, and and running supplies. He he is not trying to rebuild the Empire. He has no love lost for the Emperor. Most of these other people are, were true fanatics and loyalists. Zinge is not. Yeah, Zinge is out for Zinge, and neither is Triggit for that matter. Triggit is, is out for Triggit. And this is just a convenient arrangement for him for now. I, I have to assume that's probably the case for a lot of these guys who've suddenly found themselves captains of Imperial-class Star Destroyers, which have crews in the tens of thousands. They're basically governors. Oh, yeah, I mean, you're basically in a flying city if you're in a fucking Star Destroyer. Even one of the regular ones, let alone one of the Super Star Destroyers, you're like, yeah, man, at worst, I'm in a little town. At best, I'm in a fucking, like, metropolitan city. Yeah, so... uh so Triggit is basically sitting on the, on his flight deck. He's got his own uniform he had designed for himself just to really drive home how not Empire all these people are. He's wearing a silver and black outfit, which I got to say is a good plan on Triggit's part because you're like, oh, if I get caught, I don't want to be repping Imperial Colors because they'll probably be way easier on me as some random mercenary warlord than they would if I was like... Yeehaw, imperial terrorism! I am Moff Triggit, and I will bring about the birth of the fifth emperor. They're like, well, and death for you? <laughs> I will. I worship the Palpatine god. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Palpatron! I made a droid, <laughs> dude. Palpatron would be awesome. <laughs> okay, so. Um... Where were we? He uh, gets a call. He Just gets, he gets a phone call. So he gets up and walks off the bridge and he thinks about how hot he is a little bit while he's walking he's away. like, "Nice fucking outfit I got. Whoever designed this, good job." My trim little goatee is looking on uh, looking fly. I got salt and pepper, but I'm working it. It's mostly in the temples so I look like Reed Richards. <laughs> and, and I'm I'm uh, lean and mean and a fighting machine. I'm a handsome motherfucker." He thinks to himself. "I fuck me? <laughs> Would you fuck me?" <laughs> but yeah, he eventually gets back to uh the back of his office, or his own private office, rather. Yeah, because he's taken the call from Zinj by himself. And Zinj shows up, and uh, we've talked about Zinj in the past, although I don't think we've ever actually seen him, because we only... Really had him come up in courtship and a couple other episodes where like Han has been assigned to go to the, on the anti-Zinge task force. Yeah, I think we may have seen like a hollow picture of him at one point, point. and we definitely talked about him in the bonus content at Patreon.com/slash/SystemMastery at the four-dollar level for the month. You can get access to our bonus content, the expanded expounded universe, where we go to Wikipedia and look up stories like Warlord Zidge mm-hmm. now I gotta be careful about where I put the mid roll ad for the actual ad, so I don't cut our own ad in half <laughs> but uh but yeah, four dollars gets you all the content plus all the system mastery bonus content plus ad free versions of all the episodes that's from us to you for four dollars. <laughs> it's for free mm-hmm. for four dollars. Uh- <laughs> new special bonus all the stuff i just said uh so when he turns on the little hollow projector thing for warlord zinge zinge is twice as big as he should be because he's doing the whole like palpatine big head yeah. image projection yeah. and <laughs> trig it to his benefit is just like Oh, let me turn that down a little. Everybody's like, "Dude, that's gonna hurt my neck looking up there." I'm just gonna go ahead and st- <laughs> he's a little. Look, you ins- don't get Snoke levels of projection, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna put you down on a regular guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch you down to teensy. <laughs> Let's put you on human sized. I wanted him to, to turn him down to the size of one of those little hollows on the Dejaric tables. <laughs> just looking down. Just at sits him. at a table and he's like, <laughs> eh, "Now do eh. circus stuff." Like you're in the, you're in the uh, holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so. So yeah, he shrinks him down to human size, where uh that said Zinj is still a huge imposing fellow. He is a big He's fat, a big guy. He's a big fat fella with uh with a, a hilariously long handlebar that droops down mustache. He uses lots of oils and waxes to give his mustache a big, shiny, uh roller coastery appearance. <laughs> yes. He has the loop de loops. Yeah. And he basically is calling in, not because he's gonna yell at him or anything, but to congratulate Yeah. Hey, dude, I heard you blew up Talon squad. Yeah. Or most of it. Most of Talon squadron. Did you mean to let one get away? And he's like, no, we tried our best to kill him. That guy was just a really good pilot. But honestly, we think this is going to work in our favor better. They're going to start spreading rumors about how badass some TIE fighter pilots out there are. And we'll take advantage of that. So we'll take it. Yeah. He gets to go back and tell them how there was no way they could have known our person who sliced in the information to fake that that planet was safe is already on their way back here, so you don't have to worry about them getting caught. Like, this operation went off without a hitch. Yeah, and this is probably, I'm going to say it here, this is probably the nicest, most refreshing uh, conversation between two Imperial-affiliated people I have ever seen. Oh, for sure, and they even bring up, they're like, oh, uh, so the person who fucked up and didn't kill that guy did you do anything to him? And he's like, no, why would I no. do that? Well, also, you probably should have killed that slicer rather than having them brought back to work on your ship, right? Because it would have been faster to just kill her. And now she's in transit and she could get captured in transit. And and Triget goes like, look, dude, I served under Isard, uh, Esau and Isard. And I don't know if you know her especially well, but she was one of those. You know, she the- was one of the, you know, Gepta types. <laughs> she was an underling remover. Like one anytime. of those don't-give-me-bad-news types. Yeah, she killed the messenger a lot. And, frankly, we can't afford to kill the messenger a lot because the Republic is better at recruiting than us now. I have always hated that. Plus, it doesn't breed good work in your men. If they think the only chances they have are work till they die or get shot till they shot immediately, they don't think about working hard. No, I'm, No one is going to be loyal to you if they're like, Oh, I'm only here until someone murders me? Yeah. Then what the fuck do they care? He's like, I run my ship my way now, and my way is this way. And Zinj is like, dude, respect. I get it. I get it. You're absolutely like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. Don't make me like for these guys. Hey, man, good job. You better give them some health care. And he's like, obviously I do. They all get (laughs) at least two months paid vacation. I don't give them anything. They formed a union. I recognized it. (laughs) I'm part of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then he's just like, look, OK, but the real reason I'm calling is I wanted to get an update on the class of your, or the uh, status of your mort class parasite droids, which we don't get any real information on. We just this is probably the MacGuffin for this. Yes. The mort with two R's class I believe, parasite. I believe that is the type of parasite that infests Gamorreans, but I am not sure. No idea. Yeah. I, Gamortians. I, I think so. I'm not. I'm not. I'll look it up right now. You go ahead. But, yeah, he's like, all right, we have a few thousand of the Mort-class parasite droids. We're getting some signal hits, mostly from big population centers. And it also turns out that they aren't, like, trying to be like, oh, we're seeding the Republic. They're like, oh, yeah, they're, we got hits coming from Imperial, New Republic. We got shit coming from Independent Worlds. Like, we just crapped out a cloud of these little fart droids Mm -hmm. and sent them wherever to see what would happen. My instincts were on point. The Mort is the the furry little parasite that infests Gamorreans. Great. Maybe that'll uh, turn out to be useful when Piggy recognizes that later in the story. I mean, that or their Mort class, because they're just the size of those things. Could be. But they are parasites as well, so they're called parasite droids. I assume that they stick themselves to machinery. Probably. We don't know what they're doing, so we don't know, like... Is this getting on people? Is this getting in machines? They just know that they are getting some signal feedback, and that's about all we get. Yeah. Uh, So basically, he just is like, well, keep me posted anyway. And and Triggett is like, you got it, boss. Bye. And then they hang up cordially and go about both of their days. This is weird. Oh, no. There is just one final bit where they're like, all right, great. I'll see you later. And Trigon has to have a moment where he's like, Oh, right. Yeah, I'm working for Zinge until I get big like Zinge, and then he can work for me. Like, I get it. Yeah, he's got aspirations, but at least he didn't work them into a veiled threat mid conversation. <laughs> yeah, at least he wasn't like, Yes, Zinge, we shall see who has the upper hand later. And you're like, No, dude, these are two guys who are like, Hey, I'm a professional military guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you kill your underlings? Why would I do that? That's dumb. That means I have to get more underlings. And meanwhile, you don't get Zinj saying anything like, I would have killed them. Kill three of your men is a punishment. Yeah, instead he's like, yeah, totally. That's a fucking waste of resources and manpower. Why would you ever do that? Good on you, my man. You run a tight ship. (laughs) Why is this book making me like the bad guys? Like bad guys just absolutely broing out here. I'm like, yeah. okay, I guess just having a nice professional conversation. <laughs> no one's even bragging. Like, like in this book so far, the biggest problem I've had with it is that Wedge just won't stop bragging and doing braggy things. Because <laughs> it's time to get back to the conversation with Wes Jansen now. Oh yes, because. They were like, all right, Kel, you can walk outside. We'll let you know what's going on. Please wait at the next room. And then he turns to Wes and is like, all right, dude, let's hear it. And Wes is like, did I never tell you that my first kill as a pilot was an Alliance other another alliance pilot? Yeah. And he's like, no, you didn't. What the fuck? What are you talking about? And he spins a whole story. They were on the base. I think it's the base at, uh, at Gavin 4. Uh, early, early, early days of the Republic. They were trying to hide the ship, the, the whole base from sensor detection. And uh, that's when some big ship comes flying, comes flying overhead. He was in the Yellow Aces with Jack Porkins, uh-huh. a bunch of Y-wing pilots. Yep. And their whole thing is they were going to attack an Imperial base. That's right. That's what it was. And so they're hiding behind, like, the curvature of a moon mm-hmm. nearby to hide their presence. They can't really do any like communications they have to be full dark because they're right next to the base so anything they do could get picked up yeah they don't want to fuck up the mission and they had heard oh there's gonna be like two squads of tie fighters and that's it and we'll go in we'll blow some shit up we'll get in and out it'll be fine but when they get there there are like several dozen yes plus a huge not Imperial Star Destroyer-level capital ship of some kind. And so the order is sent out among the Yellow Aces to not go flying in, but one pilot does anyway. He takes off, apparently just going full gung-ho without without heed. Maybe he's chasing glory, we don't know. No, he, he... bugs out and leaves because he's afraid oh, is it he's he agreed? sees the that the Thai escort is twice as large as it should be mm. and he fucks off okay so he tries to run well you can't run because if you run you're gonna get detected yeah and if so- you go over the horizon they'll see you if you try and make a call and they can't even call him to go dude get back here you're gonna fuck everyone and we'll all die because if they send any sort of message over broadband he'll just be detected anyway yeah so so porkins and jansen go out to do tr- whatever they can to try and stop this guy before they pass the horizon line and get detected porkins is on in, in uh charge of trying to just beat him down by bonking him with his own ship and boxing him in yeah they're like we're trying to get in his way try to like guide him towards the ground of the moon wave at him you know he's that... having fucking none no, of it he keeps dodging them and flying and uh, Jansen's like, I did everything I could not to kill this guy. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I tried to shoot him. I, I was hoping to get him with the ion blasters because Y-Wings have ion cannons, but we couldn't do it because that would send out an electrical pulse that it would show up on the radars of the of the, uh, the enemy. I had no opportunity. I shot him with the lowest power laser I possibly could, and they were crappy Y-Wings, and it cracked his, his, his uh, canopy. And this is early days of the Republic, which yeah. meant... His flight suit was just cobbled together horseshit. Yeah, so he just immediately died. Nothing we could do about it. We had to save a, a bunch of other lives. Yeah, because if we hadn't, the entire mission would have been fucked and we'd all be dead. Yeah, and then Wes is like, or, or sorry, Wedge is like, well, fuck, dude, because I need this guy. He had a, he had a really good commando skill set. Like he is literally the best. He was not only amazing commando skills, but he was like an actual tactical leader. He has great skills as far as like being in charge of people. Mm -hmm. He was my number one draft pick for being the head guy in charge of this squad. Yes. Yeah. And and Jansen's like, well, you can switch me with hobby if you want. Yeah. I mean, like, if if you want him that bad and he's like, I absolutely refuse to, I'll fuck off, man. Yeah. I get it. And he's like, no, I want you too, so you better hope that you, could, you two can work together. He's like, yeah, I really don't want to work with a dude who has dedicated his life to hating me for killing his dad and is a demolition expert yeah oh boy i killed his dad he hates me and he knows how to make bombs what a great idea wedge yeah well, granted i don't think th- there's never been an indication that this dude hates wes jansen to the point of wanting to kill him he doesn't even be like hey i would love to stay in this outfit also where do i make bombs in this base? <laughs> instead he's like i want out let me go i don't want to be here well yeah because he's like look, this guy's an honorable man. He's not going to do anything. Yeah, it's fine. Let's bring him in. We'll talk to him about it. And so they try. They bring Kel Duran back in and they're like, hey, look, we need you on the squad. Uh, I I don't I, I need to find a way to get you through this so that you can work with Wes Jansen to stay on the squad. He's like, look, dude, you seem good. Are you an honorable man? Yes, sir. Do you think Wes Jansen is an honorable man? Yes, sir. Great. You took a fucking oath to the New Republic. Get over your ass, because I understand that you're really trying to do this. And if you don't, you'll go back to the commandos. And He's like, I fucking loved being in the commandos, sir. And he's like, yeah, but that won't that won't clear your father's name. Will it? Yeah, no one one will clear the name of your family being cowards and shitty pilots, will it? And this almost breaks him. Yeah, he's like, how fucking dare you? Oh, shit, man. Yeah, and uh, Wedge is like, I'm daring because I fucking have to. I need guys like you on my squad, and I know you can get past this and do the goddamn job. Yeah, look, if you can't great fuck it, I'll wash you out, but I need you, so until you give me an absolute reason to do this, you're in. The one thing I'm missing here, maybe it was mentioned in the book and maybe it wasn't, is why this dude was about to wash out, because he sounds otherwise pretty much perfect. So the the only thing he had in there was he wasn't going to wash out of, like, the army. He would just stay in the commandos. He wasn't going to be in the pilot program because he had basically crash-landed two uh, of his uh, fighters just... He's always been great in simulations, but they were like, oh, yeah, he had two times where he tried to land and either the landing gear fucked up or something happened. And he basically like skidded to a halt. Not like obviously he's OK. It's not like he crashed full speed into anything. Yeah. But there you go. That's enough. Uh, that enough d- damage to property. And he, and, and they've uh, packed his bus tickets for him. Yeah. They're like, he's just going to stay on the ground. They just don't want him to be in the air. Yeah. So he's like. You know, once the dude gets super mad at Wedge, Wedge is like, "Hey, attention!" And he has like this three second beat before he's like, "Yes, sir. Great. Get over it. You're on my squad. Dismissed. Training starts tomorrow morning. <laughs> Dismissed. Yeah." And then we go right to training. Yeah, he's right up in the. Uh... He becomes our view- our viewpoint character. But before that, we do have a little moment where, like I was saying, the reason I've I've been so happy reading about Triggit and and Zinge is because we have this part after this where. Jansen has to be like, God damn, that was cold, sir. And he's like, yeah, sometimes when you're an X-Wing pilot, you need to have ice cold space lubricant instead of blood. When you fly through the vacuum of space, you got to have cold blood. I'm like, get Fucked. Get over yourself. I've seen Wedge in the movies and in his, the other books. He's always like a soft-spoken, calm dude. Yeah, he's not. He's not giving himself little blowjobs every ten minutes about how good of a pilot he is. And even in the other books where Wedge has shown up, he's like, "Hi, I'm friendly and nice. Yeah. how's it going? I like my job." The thing about Wedge that you love is that he's the dude. Besides Luke, or, I'm sorry, he is the only dude who blew up two Death Stars. Yeah, he was at both Death Star blow-ups. Working hard at both of them. Or hardly working. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. He might just be that good of a pilot. But, I mean, he was the uh, the X-Wing that flew into Death Star 2 and flew back out with the with the Falcon. No one else got out. Um, and yet, he's always just this unassuming, soft-spoken dude who just likes to fly, pl- fly X-Wings. He's like, I love my job. I, lo- I love doing what I do. Yeah. You never get this part, this bit where he's like a big damn hero or super brash or anything. No, that bit where he's like, oh, you gotta have ice lubricant in your veins i'm like no shut up (laughs) just be like i just really like this guy and i want him on the team we need him that's uh, we need him would have been good enough yeah (laughs) i don't need to hear about your ice lubricants (laughs) give me the ice lube (laughs) new dentine ice lubricants Uh. it's gonna really tingle (laughs) i mean your mouth is gonna feel pretty fucked you're gonna hate this Oh, your teeth are not going to feel okay. You ever accidentally get icy hot on your balls? It's like that <laughs> in your mouth <laughs> and your balls. In your balls, in your mouth. <laughs> we'll leave a film guaranteed. <laughs> so, so yeah. Now we're, Cal becomes our uh, our, our uh, viewpoint character as he is hopping into an X-wing simulator, and these are super high tech simulators because yes. he's like. It is real easy to get lost in the moment of one of these because, you know, it's full 360 degree. You've got all the same control panels as you would in the X-Wing. They use gravity adjusting to make it feel like you're actually moving around in your seat with zero G. Oh, yeah. He's like, when you get into space, it feels like you're in fucking space. Like, this is very good simulation. Yeah. So once he gets in, he realizes he's the last one to hop in out of four pilots. And he has a moment where he's like, shit, I should have gotten here sooner so I could do whatever they were doing and butter up a little bit, or at least practice or something. And so he goes through his call signs, and he doesn't know a single other one of the pilots. Yeah. No one's really had a chance to meet. And they're going by their call signs and not their names. So, you know, he, he hears, you know, Gold, his Gold Squadron, Gold 2, he's Gold 1, he's, he's going to be the leader. Gold 2 checking in, coming from someone who clearly sounds like some kind of alien. Yep. Some weird guy who's like, oh, okay, this... Basic is not this person's first language, I can tell. Then he gets Gold 3 coming in, obvious robot voice, and that's the only one he recognizes. He's like, oh yeah, that's that Gamorrean. He's like, oh, that is clearly Piggy because... It's the only one that has some squeals in the background of a robot talking. So I know who that is. Yeah, wait until you find out that the last pilot they recruited was C-3PO with a bunch of baby pigs taped to him. Yo, I'm Squeals Robot Dick, and I'm here to join the X-Wings. I'm a robot covered in tiny pigs. (laughs) I come from Tatooine. Squeals Robo Dick, they call me. (laughs) And then the fourth voice is a lady. And he's like, well, I do know that there's lots of female X-Wing pilots, but I don't remember any of the ones that are on this squad it's like I haven't talked to him enough to know by voice who that is. Yeah, so so he has no idea. He just knows that Piggy is there, and he's got nothing else. And his wingman is number two, the weird alien voice. Yeah, and their base parameter for the mission is they're like, okay, you're going to come out of uh, a launch thing on a planet. You're going to go up. You're going to meet some uh, incoming TIE fighters that are coming in. You're going to fight some squadrons, whatever. Uh, You have to make sure that these TIE fighters don't get to the planet because you're covering essentially like a Hoth. We want our transports to leave, so you have to cover them leaving. Yeah, you have to cover the holes that they're going to fly out of later. That's your job. Cover these holes. (laughs) I need you to get in those gaping holes and cover (laughs) them up. Yep. Uh, And then, right as they're about to launch, he's like, oh, by the way, mission parameter 13018, or something like that. Yeah, he's like, oh, training parameter 1387, go! Uh, Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, Kel does not know what that is. It kind of sparks a a memory in the back of his head, but he does not know what it is. Yeah, and And as soon as he's like, does anyone know what the fuck that is? But then, right when he launches, they are under attack. Yes. They get blindsided from a basically t, uh, T-boned by a bunch of TIE fighters that were waiting by their exit tube. Yeah, there are already TIE bombers like planet side when they get out of the launch bay. Mm-hmm. And he manages to just murder one before he's even in attack position. He just like wildly fires lasers as these TIE Fighters almost slam into him. Yeah, he snaps around to try and fly with the TIE Fighters so he's, he can he can uh, basically match speed with them and, and eventually pick a target. But as he's doing so, he just pulls the trigger to see if anything happens. And his S foils aren't even deployed yet. Uh, but as he gets into the turn he wants, he feels the heat of an explosion behind him. Really good simulators. And then a little computer voice is like, one kill, two gold, one. And he's like, shut up, shut up. No, no, I don't want that. No, whatever's happening on has totally fucked us. They, we've been lied to about the parameters of this. Yeah, this is not the mission. We are fucked. And so he immediately calls out. He's like, all right, what's going on? We've got bombers. Uh, Gold 2, you're on my wing. You're my man. Gold 3 and 4, I need you to check on the fields where the transports are coming from Mm. and make sure they're still okay. We're going to go up into space and see what the fuck is happening. And Gold two's response half the time is like yes sir and the other half of the time is for him to do a ululating war cry and just do whatever the fuck he wants well yeah once they get into space he just loses his shit because at first he's like all right and he falls in and he's a regular wingman but when they get up there they're like oh we were expecting like one group of six tie fighters or some shit and it's like three dozen yeah there's like 35 <laughs> tie fighters out there and uh the other gold two is like does some kind of wob-wob-wob thing that's specific to his alien species and flies off to fight them. And this is after Gold 1 is like, all right, well, this is fucked. Gold 2, follow me. We're going back. The mission is screwed. And he just doesn't pay attention. Yes. Gold 3 and 4 have already confirmed that, oh, geez, there's no launch tubes left. This is over. Oh, yeah. They've already bombed fucking everything. And they're fighting the bombers down there. Yes. But they're like... Yeah, it looks like everything's fucked down here. So three and four turned out to be excellent pilots, whoever that that, that lady is, and uh, and, and Piggy, Piggy, Piggy are just cleaning house and doing an excellent work. And uh, once he gets his S foils in attack position, so is Kel Trainer. He's taking out uh, people left and right. But when he he's trying to follow his own wingman, who he's supposed to be in front of, as he just flies off, hell bent on trying to kill a bunch of Tie fighters. Yeah, because he's like, no, we need to go back, and fucking Gold Two takes off. So he's like. <sighs> fine instead of just letting you go on a suicide run i will drop into your wing position and try to keep your dumbass alive and he does a really good job of it yeah he takes out like 3 of the tie fighters cuz there's 4 of them bearing down on his on his wingman but it's not fast enough he gets 3 of them and then and then his co-pilot is killed essentially you know simulation killed he's thinking to himself, God damn it. Now he's getting out of his dumb simulator, but it's hard not to think of all this as real three and four on me. We're going to, we're going to hyperdrive to a safe distance and reconvene. Yeah. We're, we can't do anything here. We're already outnumbered and the thing we were supposed to be doing is done. So we're going to jump somewhere, send out a message, and then we'll figure it out from there. And he was like, normally, I would assume at this point we would be done. He's like, oh, yeah, by the time we figure out that the mission is fucked, they take care of the bombers and we're just sort of done. You'd think, okay, simulation shuts down. That was the point of it. Instead but it they, just keeps going. Instead, they wait until he, they, they hyperdrive away. And then when the hyperdrive lines come down, so does the black of, of the simulator being turned off. Yeah. Now they all hop out. They get to introduce themselves to each other. Uh, oh, how I hate Gold 2. Oh, you're going to love him. Oh how Ma'am. I hate him You're so love much them. Remember that 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 this is Oh char- yes. This is a character that uses they them pronouns. They're a collective. Yes. I don't remember was the girl was it was it uh Sandskimmer? I don't know that it says. Uh, yeah. But uh three sure enough is Piggy and he has just enough time to be like, Hey, I'm you know, let's all get to know each other real quick before Jansen comes in and starts dressing them all down. Uh but Gold Two introduces themselves as Hohas Equesh. We've talked about. I'm this a ho equish Ho is effectively a horseman, a horse thing. Yeah, and he comes out and he's like, "We are Hohas Equesh. And for some reason, I guess because Kel's just mad at him in general, he's like, "Oh, for Christ's sake, are you using the royal we?" He's like, "No, we're a collective." Yeah, which they are. They have some kind of collective brain structure. So great, but he's like grumpy about it, and that's when Jansen gets in and is like, "Okay, let's uh, let's talk about what just happened." All right, let's uh, let's see. Uh, we got some kills here, and uh, you get some points for that. And, of course, uh, Gold 3, you get points for double-checking Tainer's hyperspace calculations. I triple-checked. I also did the numbers in my head, which is like... And Tainer's like, oh, great. Well, hey, were they good enough for you? And he's they- like, eh, they were sloppy, but it worked. I mean, he was like, they are inelegant, but correct. And I'm like, H- what are elegant... Come on, man, you don't need to do that. But, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he he gets a whole rundown where he actually is very complimentary of tanner. He's like, "God damn, boy, you got you He's got damn near perfect. Five kills right away. You're an instant ace. You gotta you gotta kill without even being in attack position. And then you had the right call to jump out to safe distance and and uh, you know radio for further instructions. Overall, you did really <laughs> well. Gold two. You're a dumb asshole. You scored no kills, disobeyed orders twice, and died like a bitch. (laughs) Anyway, you get 2,400 points. Gold three, you get 2,300 points. Gold four, you get 2,600 points. Gold zero, or gold one, zero points. And he's like, uh, I think you got that backwards. And he's like, you're right, I do. And now for the dumb twist. Now who can tell me what special parameter 1387 or whatever is? And that's when three pipes up and is like, Ah, it is a parameter where you're supposed to ki- uh, make sure your wingman does well, and therefore your score is swapped with that of your wingman. Yeah, you get your wingman score and he gets yours. That's what the parameter is. And he's like, that sucks ass. It's Not Not only does it suck ass, it sucks ass as a training regimen, because that means that someone could choose to tank you for fun. Yes. It does not make a good... Uh, a lo- he's like, does that go to my permanent record that I got a zero on this? And they're like, yeah. And he's like what if, what if this guy was like a mole for the empire or some shit? He just wanted to stop me from being a pilot. All he has to do is just turn and fly into a mountain and I can't get any points. Yeah. uh, it's so bad. Yeah. I know that they're like, Ooh, it's supposed to be like, we're going to make it so that you want to do good and you want to make sure they do good. So that way you support them because if you support them, they'll get a better score, which means you get a better score. And I'm like, no, no, it doesn't. Support him. He supported him to the best of his ability. The Supported them to the best of his ability. That's the problem, is I'm like, he spent that entire time being like, Hey, get back over here. I'm trying to do this. He fucked up. And then I also spent two engagements of TIE Fighters covering their dumbass. And when he was gonna die, spent missiles just to make it not even to like kill off TIE Fighters. He's like, Oh, they're way outside range. I'm just making it so they have to break off from killing him. Yeah. And it still didn't matter, and he got his dumb ass killed. So They get all of my points for being the worst. Yeah. And Jansen's like, yup. Okay. See you tomorrow, everybody. Welcome to goof squadron. Don't tell anyone what the mission parameters were or anything. We want it to be a dumb surprise where the games are all made up and the points do matter. (laughs) Everything's stupid and it matters intensely. (laughs) We'll see it tomorrow for, I don't know, Double Dare. Yeah, for tomorrow's flight, you're going to have to sing while Wayne Brady flies the X-Wing. <laughs> that's insane. Uh, we, th- we're, we're, he's going to die. Well, that's on you. Zero points. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, we're done. That's the episode. That, that was yep, the two chapters. uh uh-huh, So hey. Uh we already did the plug, so you know, stop on by uh the Patreon and support us at the four dollar level to unlock the bonus content that that those among you who are at the four dollar level are about to receive. Uh and for those um, at the lock, we, we, we salute you. you yeah. <laughs> and uh, otherwise, hey, we'll see you at uh Emerald City Comic Con or uh, other cons that we're gonna E2 throughout Gen Con, throughout the year. We're gonna be at all kinds of stuff. Uh thank you so much for listening and until next time, I've Benny Lansley's Bagano, and I love getting all that guy's points. <laughs> Welcome to Character Creation Cast. A show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at oneshotpodcast.com.